MLM Nation, episode 90. You develop mental toughness by having a dream worth fighting for. And until that happens, until you've made that determination, how can you be mentally tough? You know, I, 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 don't, I don't know if this is the vehicle for it yet, but I'm never giving up on the dream. Therefore, I can't give up on me. Therefore, as the challenges come along, I develop that mental toughness. If you want to be successful, you just have to copy what MLM leaders do. Welcome to MLM Nation, presented by your host, Simon Chad. Where you'll learn strategies, secrets, and inspiring stories from today's top MLM income earners. ML Nation, this is Simon Chan, and I'm fired up and excited today to bring our special guest, Kevin O'Connor. Kevin, are you ready to make it happen? Absolutely, Simon. Kevin O'Connor was an entrepreneur and a partner in a clothing manufacturing company. In 1997, without any warning, a major client canceled a multi-million dollar contract. And before he knew it, Kevin's company burned through all the cash just to survive. Kevin was on the edge of fight financial bankruptcy, and a total financial mess. Knowing that a job would never get him out of debt without having enough money to start another company, Kevin turned to network marketing. He was broke and desperate, and Kevin's first check was only $6, but he stayed consistent, kept at it, and those checks increased fast. Within 10 months, he was debt-free, and the rest is history. Today, Kevin is a seven-figure earner and one of the top earners in the entire MLM profession. So, Kevin, I've given ML Nation just a brief intro, but please share more about your background and how you came across network marketing. Well, thanks, and, and I, I love your energy and enthusiasm. It's early in the morning, and you're just coming. You're, you're alive. Give me energy. It's great. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, it was like everything else. You know, it was a matter of timing. Uh, I was introduced to network marketing actually in 1987, ten years before that bankruptcy, and uh, it was in an elevator in downtown Philadelphia. And got in. There was a postman there with his big mailbag, and you know how everybody acts in a elevator, right? You know how they look up at the floors going by, <laughs> their watch, you know anything but look at each other. Well, this guy's got a smile from ear to ear, and I can't help but say to him, "How's it going?" And his answer really changed my life. He said, "Man, I am doing so good that if I keep on doing what I'm doing, I'll make so much money. I get to put this bag down forever." And with that, the elevator stops, the doors open, he gets off, and of course, what do I do? It wasn't my floor. I chased him out the door and asked him, you know, what are you doing? And he said, well, i got to go deliver the mail. I can't tell you right now, but if you give me your name and number, uh, I'll be happy to set up a call. And I went on to forget that lesson, so it's, it was a big lesson in how to recruit by creating curiosity, and I went on to, uh, to basically become the answer to insomnia. I would tell you everything for as long as you were willing to listen and create no curiosity. And it was when I kind of remembered that that moment in that elevator that it really switched my network marketing approach completely into one of chasing, to one of creating curiosity and getting people to come to me. So it was 1987 and I, I learned a lot, joined a company, uh, really sold it as my opportunity to get my uh, my my master's degree uh, out in the school of hard knocks, and and then I was out of the industry for seven years while I ran the uh, clothing manufacturing company. And when I needed to get back in, I was desperate, but at that point I had remembered that lesson in that elevator, and 
you know, by putting together simple systems that create curiosity, I broke through really fast into the, you know, start to become a high income earner. Mm. So that elevated. That's an awesome uh, way, way to get introduced. So you joined, you went to that meeting, you joined immediately? I did because here, here's what made sense to me. You know, I kind of got the business model. Uh, it was all new to me. So, you know, I, you know, my head was spinning and, you know, like a lot of people new to the industry, you know, I couldn't sleep at night. I was all excited and, you know, sold millions of dollars dropping to my bank account in no time. Um, and then you know, <laughs> pretty early on realized that it, it didn't quite work that way. But here's what did work. Um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't about, you know, the company made sense. The products made sense. What really got me was the fact that the people that were running the meetings and were, you know, kind of the, the, the elders, if you will, um, they came from really ordinary backgrounds. They were housewives and truck drivers and school teachers. And, you know, I, I watched out of great curiosity because I knew some of them were going to make more that month than I was going to make in the next two years doing what I was currently doing. And so it, it was, I came to the conclusion that I didn't necessarily think I was any better than them, but I thought I was just as good. And that was a really important awakening for me that, that, that conclusion that maybe I'm not any better. Maybe I'll never be any better. Didn't need to be, but if I could be just as good as they were, then that meant the possibility existed Hmm. that if they could do it, I could do it. And in those moments of, you know, I'm like nuts. I got to quit this thing. I got to go, you know, when it was challenging and, you know, the cash flow wasn't there. My wife was saying, don't talk to me about network marketing and I won't talk to you about divorce. Um, you know, it was at those moments when I when I would think back on those individuals and it was the fact that they had made it kept me in there. So what did you do? Uh, your, your, what job would you have when you first saw it back in 87? Well, actually, I was um, just leaving. I, I'd been a uh, professional perf- stage performer. I, I had a comedy theater company. I was trained in mime, acting, dance, all kinds of things. And we were very popular. We toured all over the U.S., um, but largely on the college circuit, some on the professional circuit, really trying to break through. Uh, my contemporaries who I used to perform with out in the streets of Philadelphia were Penn and Teller. And, uh, you know, they were making <laughs> a lot of money and I wasn't. And it didn't seem like we were ever going to really break through. And that, that was um, – so I was really open at that point. I learned a lot doing that. I learned a lot about business, about being in front of people. Uh, so it really did give me an edge. I have lots of confidence uh, on, on a stage, and I know that's a hard thing for a lot of people. Um, so I'm also really good at coaching people how to get up in front of a room. And, uh, you know, because I've, I've done it in front of thousands and thousands long before I got to network marketing. Hmm. But I didn't have any confidence in my business ability you know, when it came to this business and, and I wasn't very successful. I mean, I made, I made enough to pay the bills in those first couple of years, sold the business, got into the manufacturing. We did great. And then as you said at the beginning, uh, it's pretty much overnight. We were, we were, um, we were (laughs) losing more money than we were, could possibly take in. And, uh, I I got into network marketing out of trying to save my life and my future. Mm. And thank God, thank God I did. So you've had lots of lots of years of uh, network marketing experience, and uh, probably over t- I think twenty something years, right? Correct. Um, what was your toughest and worst time uh, in the profession? Where like ninety nine percent of the distributors will have quit, but you hung in there, and because you hung in there, you learned a major lesson 
And that's why you are where you are today. Well, it was really that, that combination right there at that time in 1997. Uh, you know, we, we had a really good company, a startup company, a, a great product. company still runs today. Um, but remember, my, my needs were not ordinary. I didn't need to make a couple thousand dollars a month. I needed to make a lot of thousands <laughs> per month just to get the news from around my neck uh, debt-wise. And I remember just kind of getting stuck right at around, I think it was like four or five grand and four or five grand, you know, early on, look, a four grand, four or five grand a month, you say four or five grand a month. Yeah. Okay. You know, which, which, which was not nearly close to enough to get me <clears throat> out of the hole I was in. And so, you know, I, it, I, I, I just thought, I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to break through. I mean, people around me were, and I remember again, going back to that thought of, of, you know, the coaching and mentorship that I had in that first company and remembering that the people that were making more in a month than I was going to make in two years at that point, uh, the difference between them and everybody else was you already said it. Other people quit, said this is not for me. They hung in there and, and built, uh, you know, gigantic organizations. So, um, I, what, you know, I mean, it was really, really tempting to, to think, you know, maybe I maybe I could leverage my my experience. Maybe I could get a job that would pay me, you know, high in the six figures. And so there was a temptation there to to quit and give up. But because the fact my need was so great and my dream had become so great that I couldn't possibly I couldn't possibly give up. And that's and that's that's one of the things that you know I'm blessed today. I get to travel all over the world. I have organizations and probably 150 countries at this point. I uh, just got back from a long tour in South America. It doesn't matter where I go, the culture. Uh, the, the one thing I ask people is, you know, you, you all have a dream. And they said, yeah, of course we have a dream. I said, okay. So everybody's got one, but a lot of people think it's a dream, but it really is very close to a wish. And a wish comes along. I mean, tr- challenges come along, and that wish just gets blown into oblivion. Um, and the people that end up staying are those who have a dream worth fighting for. And so, you know, raise your hands again if you have a dream worth fighting for. And, and don't raise your hand. It's okay because, you know, by the end of the week, you're going to have a dream worth fighting for if you're willing to just work it through. But inevitably, you know, half the hands go back up. If you ask, do you have a dream? Everybody's hands go up. Do you have one that's worth fighting for? People really have to stop and think, do I have a dream worth fighting for? Mm. And you may have heard, you know, if you've been around networking for a while, you've heard, you know, hey, you got to have a dream, you got to know your why, but it goes deeper than that. You've really got to have one that you've determined is worth fighting for and that nothing, no, you know, even if you had to give up for a year and go do something else, you're going to come back to that dream, whether you fulfill that through network marketing or some other vehicle. If you don't have a dream worth fighting for, you're going to live in, you know, you're going to live a, a life that's not worth fighting for. Yeah, thank you for sharing. That's really incredible. Uh, I love the way you talked about a dream and a wish, right? I think a lot of distributors, they have wishes, but don't have a dream. And if they do have a dream, it's not worth fighting for. And uh, I, I was just thinking about the way you shared that. And ML Nation, go hit that rewind button, go play that back, and really think about your dream. Is it worth fighting for? Because if it's not, there will be the frustrating, challenging moments where you attempt to quit. And the reason that Kevin hung in there because he had that big dream and it was worth fighting for. Now, Kevin, let's uh, share another story in your journey where you had a major aha moment. You know, take us to that time in your life. 
uh, where it's kind of like the light bulb went off, and once it went off, your checks from four to five thousand a month just exploded and took off to over six figures a month now. Well, it kind of goes back to that elevator story, Simon. Uh, I, I had admitted that um, I, you know, I was I was the answer to insomnia. <laughs> Literally, I would be willing to sit down, pay for you know a breakfast or a cup of coffee or a lunch, and download everything <laughs> that I knew. And to the and, and I, I didn't realize there was a psychological dynamic happening when you do that, and that is that when when you say everything, not only do you kill curiosity, but whether that prospect knows it or not, psych, subconsciously they are asking themselves this question: Can I see myself doing this business? And the more detail that I gave, and the longer I sat and 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 just told them everything. I was, I didn't know it, but I was reducing that outcome to a no. And I couldn't figure out why nobody was joining me until I kind of woke up and went back to that elevator story and went, wait a minute, I couldn't wait for this guy to call me. These people were probably hoping I'll lose their number. <laughs> so, you know, I, that was the, the, the aha moment. It was during this period where I needed to make money and make it fast. And so I just decided that I was going to just take everything down to as simple a one, two, three formula as I possibly could. Teach that. Don't deviate from it. Because I'm a product guy. I love knowing everything about products. I love having a conversation about it. What I've learned is to put duct tape over my mouth and, and just create curiosity and let people get excited as they're unfolding, kind of peeling back the onion, <clears throat> learning about the product, learning about the company, learning about the industry, and most important, learning about themselves and that dream worth fighting for. And that if we can uncover all that within that recruiting process, and it's not that difficult, uh, and it doesn't need to take all that long, then that person uh, is concluding, God, all this guy does is, you know, one, two, three, I can do that. And it wasn't even me talking, it was... How to give in that in that in 1987 uh, 97 I'm sorry uh, was the dinosaur age in terms of tools we had audio tapes which you can visit in museums today but the same you know now we have greater tools but it's harder to get people to listen so you've got to keep it short you've got to keep it curiosity generating so that people are saying hey tell me more Fantastic. Can you uh, just uh, name those three steps, your three-step system again? What's step one, step two, step three? Well, yeah. I mean, back then it was an audio tape, So, but, but the same thing happens today, whether it's yep. uh, leading you to an online video or uh, a meeting or, you know, uh, however, whatever the tools are in, in your individual company, but figure out what it is that can go. What, what, what is generating that tell me more moment? With whatever tools your your listeners are using, for you, what is what is that that magic tool that you, your company has that's generating that aha moment? So, what I what I did was I taught people in that particular case at that time to give an audio tape. Don't explain anything. Ask them to listen. Um, get a commitment and get a get a time frame in which it's going to happen, and then follow up. So, one is create curiosity. Two is you know. Uh, give them access to the tool, most of which today is, you know, might be on your smartphone. You know, can we take three minutes right now and I'd like you to hear this message and, and, you know, see if this might be for you. So it's just not only you doing that, but if that's getting those results, if that's the magic 
uh, piece for you in, in your company, why would you teach anything else to your downline? You, so now it's, you know, it's, it's one, create curiosity, two, access to the tool, three, in the follow-up, but four, most important, now is when that person joins, is what are you going to teach them? Well, you're only going to teach them what it is that, that you recruited them with because that's what they know. So if you don't deviate from that, now they've got a path to a simple formula because most people are part-time. They, part of what's happening in their mind when they're looking at an opportunity is not only can I see myself doing this, but is it easy enough for me to do that I could fit five, seven hours in a week? So simplicity, pare it down. If you're, if you're, you know, if you're a product person like me, just ask yourself, are you getting the results, giving them all that information and do an experiment? Just see if you took 50% of that, but created more curiosity around it. Would you get better results? Great training, great advice. Thank you, Kevin. Now, um, let's share another story. Take us to the time that you consider your proudest moment in network marketing. That's an easy one. So, uh, during this whole chase to get out of debt um, and, and worrying that I wasn't breaking through, and I wasn't. I mean, I was really stuck. And, it, it, you know, it's, I had to get past that five grand a month. Uh, and, and I was, you know, I was getting anxious about it. I was getting very worried. And then, you know, but I, I persisted and I just kept, I, I kept to my gun, so to speak. And that is, I would not deviate from that process of that one, two, three, we just talked about. So it was really critical to stay on that because that was, du- you know, it was beginning to duplicate. So I knew all that. And, you know, the company I was with, it was a monthly plan back then. And, and I remember, uh, walking out into the living room from my office and having just got the uh, month-end uh, commission report, see what I was going to make that month. And I remember walking out and I'm starting to tear up and I say to my wife, uh, we made $10,000. It's going to be okay. And I just, I just knew from there on that, you know, it was unstoppable. You know, we were going to grow this. And as I said, uh, you know, it just took off like crazy from there. And, and it was a big jump. I mean, I'm not saying it went from five to ten. I don't remember exactly what it went from, but it, you know, it was kind of that crawl to six and a crawl to seven. All of a sudden, boom, ten. Hmm. All of a sudden, fifteen. All of a sudden, twenty. And uh, you know, it was that's what allowed me to get out of debt. Now, you've been around the profession a long time. You talk about audio cassettes, right? Back in the dinosaur age. Yes, uh, indeed. You've seen a lot of things change. What is the one thing that excites you most about the MLM profession now? Well, it, it's the double-edged sword because there, there's so much out there. There's so much tools to work with. Um, again, it's very easy for that part-time person to get confused. And, you know, people ask me all the time, you know, Ken, should I be online or offline? The answer is yes. You should be online and offline. Yeah, you know, but my experience is even, even it's, you know, I'm a baby boomer. Um, you know, and I'm very adept at online, I'm not an expert, but I'm adept at online marketing. But I noticed that most people, even people in their 30s and 40s, um, tend to be more old school than they do online. But the process is the same. If you are, the, the, it's, it's create curiosity, provide the tool, do the follow-up, and duplicate. And so if I'm talking to somebody who's completely 
into online marketing, the, that formula doesn't change. What are your tools that are going to create the curiosity? You know, what tool is going is is working? Where's the magic? Um, are you doing your follow up because you know an autoresponder is, you know, keeps them in the loop, but that's not follow up. You've got to talk to a human being out there at some point. And so, whether it's on again online or offline or a combination of the of the two, it's we've we've got so much rich resource right at our fingertips, right on our smartphones, but pare it down again and determine which of those tools is creating results. Not which one is the prettiest, not which one has got the fanciest you know graphics on it, but which one is closing people as a customer or a distributor. Because at the end of the day. That's how we get paid. <laughs> People can say, "Oh, it's a beautiful video." Is it closing them? Because sometimes ugly videos close better that's than true. than pretty ones. So that's that's the only question you should be asking. You know, it's 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 analytics. Which what of my tools are doing the most closing? Do you find people are more open to network marketing than when you first started back in '87? Or about the same. Um, I find that people are less critical. Um, you know, I, mean, I I almost never hear that that age old question is this one of those pyramids, and um, so people are much more open. People have heard about it. You know, I mean, thanks to you know Amway advertising on TV. You know, you watch a soccer game, you're likely to see Herbalife or some other company, network marketing company, on the shirt. Um, you know, the, the business has become much more legitimized. And so I think there's, there, there's some less resistance out there. And, you know, that, that's a good thing because we need open minds. But, you know, the one thing that, that hasn't changed and never will change is, you know, that prospect that could be open. They could be excited. They could be everything. The one thing I found that, that hasn't changed is some people bring desire and some people bring wishes. And, you know, again, it goes, the, your, your, the, the, prospects, the prospects that bring desire, meaning I really want something, I need something in my life. Um, you know, I know I've concluded that my job, my, my path right now is not going to get me there. And, you know, so they're getting close to those people with a, a, a dream worth fighting for. Those who don't bring any desire to the table, you know, I love them. They're, you know, maybe one day they'll wake up, and, and certainly that's my customer base. Uh, but... So, people are much more open, but that doesn't mean they're 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 joining and succeeding at any greater numbers as a result of it. It all still comes down to who's bringing desire to the table. As you go towards the end of the show, Kevin, some really quick questions to pick your brain. Okay, and so the first one is: What is one of your favorite success quotes that's motivated you? Um, I'm going to have to paraphrase it, and hopefully people know this one, uh, but it's always had a lot of meaning to me. It's by the uh, German philosopher Goethe, who says that the moment you, you basically burn the bridges, leave, you know, burn the boats at the shore, that the universe begins to conspire in your favor. And I think that there is a, a great amount of truth in that, um, because it's it's when you've made that determination, and that's that's thank God for those people in my first company, who were making more in, in a in a month than I was going to make in two years, because they were a model of people who had burnt the bridges behind them, moved forward, refused to quit, refused to give up on their dreams, and they were winning. And that was a role model for me in that 
that was part of the formula, that if I would be willing to go that far, to do that, that the possibility is that, uh, you know, that, that the universe would conspire in my favor and, and bring the resources to, my, to me that I needed to succeed. What is one habit that's helped you become successful? Um, I was, the two words that popped into my mind are discipline and focus. And I think that those are, are, are brother and sister, uh, <laughs> things there. Uh, you know, you, if you fool yourself into thinking that you can do any business, any endeavor, uh, with greatness without self-discipline, obviously you're fooling yourself. Uh, it, it, it takes great discipline, but I would say that if you ask the people who know me best and have been around me longest, my, I, I have a belief in focus and I have results from focus that when I decided that I'm moving down this particular path, I, I tend to get, you know, the, the blinders go on. Um, it's very difficult to, for me to, to pay any attention to anything else. I, I mean, other than family and life, I'm not saying I'm, you know, I'm not obsessive on this. It's but from a business point of view, um, you you can bring discipline to the table. Uh, you know, get up and have a good work ethic and all those things. But if you don't have the ability to focus, you can work on that. It's not, you know, I don't. I mean, there's lots of people that that have succeeded in this business that started out unfocused and not sure what to do. But the sooner you know that you need to have absolute focus on your goals and your daily uh, work ethic, then that will cure a lot of things going wrong in your business. You talk about discipline. Do you have any um, morning you know, rituals or routines that you do? Because I know like routines really help that with focus and consistency. Do you have something like that? Yeah, I, f- I found for me over the years, Simon, that, that if, I, if I get up and, you know, I, 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 it's, it's the one time I have to myself – so I don't like, you know, oh, I'm going to jump in and do, you know, a, a two-hour workout, you know, the moment I roll out of bed. Um, I like to have a little time to just kind of relax and read and get inspired and do those kinds of things. But the thing that's been really critical for me, and this is a very individual thing for every other people, it's going to be something different. But I, I work out pretty much every morning for 45 minutes to an hour, and it gives me energy. It gives me mental clarity. It adds to that discipline that, that, you know, I said, I'm going to do it. So I'm going to do it. And, you know, like everything else that, that when you start to do that on a consistent basis, it becomes a habit, habit, you know, a positive habit and positive habits, uh, accrue into discipline. What's the best piece of advice you ever received? I would say that the best piece of advice I've ever received is that the business truly happens between your ears. That's where it begins. That's where it ends. That's where most people get messed up is that they, they are, they have not learned how to think and they have not learned how to think to be mentally tough. And here's what I mean by that. I was taught by my mentors in the first company that if you're going to be succeed, you want to get into seven figures, you've got to be mentally tough. What the heck does that mean? It means probably what it sounds like, and that is that there's going to be some challenges. And, you know, just because you're all positive and your upline's making a fortune doesn't mean that you are going to inherit that same thing. 
you've got to become mentally tough. And that is when people say no, when they say you're an idiot for doing this, when they, when they ridicule you, when your family's saying, you know, when are you going to get a job? I mean, that takes mental toughness to get through that stuff. And how do you d- develop mental toughness? Well, it's, just, it's a circular thing. You develop mental toughness by having a dream worth fighting for. And until that happens, until you've made that determination, how can you be mentally tough? You know, you, it's, it's easy to get blown away in this business. It happens, unfortunately, every day to people who think they know what they want but haven't really taken the time to examine that, to make it rock solid in them, and to become mentally tough, meaning that I've got a dream and there is, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know if this is the vehicle for it yet, but I'm never giving up on the dream. Therefore, I can't give up on me. Therefore, as the challenges come along, I develop that mental toughness. You talk about the one, two, three, a simple system before and the tool, using tools. So uh-huh. what is your favorite prospecting tool? So say someone is they're a qualified prospect. They want to learn more. Do you send them like a newsletter? Do you sit down to do a, use a flip chart? Do you send them an online video or do you do a webinar? What do you like to use nowadays? Um, I, I like... I mean, personally, I like to use really short videos, again, to capture the, their, uh, I'm sorry, to, 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 to capture their imagination. And I go back again to the elevator. What, we, what were the magic words for me in that elevator? The magic words were, if I keep on doing what I'm doing, I'll make so much money I get to put this bag down forever. I was hooked. I, I needed to know what that was. And as I stated earlier, I got very good at killing people's curiosity until I finally woke up and realized what I was doing. And so I like short pieces because what I want, Simon, is for somebody to say, this looks really interesting. How do I find out more? Not could you, you know, could you stop sending me stuff, but how do I find out more? Hmm. That's that's to me is the key because now it's just like being in the elevator. That person's putting the hook in their mouth and my job is to reel them in. And just like you know, I'm not a fisher, I don't fish, but I know the, the, the kind of the rules of the game. And that is just because you've got a little bit of hook in the mouth doesn't mean the fish isn't going to escape from it. So I need them to con- further embed that hook. And the way I do that is simply by, you know, taking them to the next step and let them ask, you know, I mean, I'm asking very simply, are you, are you more interested in learning about products, you know, for your health and wellness, or are you interested in making money or both? Because now I know which tools to, to put them in front of. Do you have a favorite app or online resource, like a Dropbox or Evernote, that you could recommend to our listeners? Um, yeah, I use Dropbox a little bit, um, but for, for keeping track of everything, I use an app called... Um, I've got it right here. Let me just bring it up. Uh, one second. Wonderlist. Sorry. Wonderlist. Yeah. Fantastic. And what's one book you could recommend to ML Nation? I'm going to recommend a book that has that I think is one of the best network marketing books that has absolutely nothing to do with network marketing. Okay. <laughs> so, but it does, uh, and it was it was it was the one one of those uh, aha moments. Uh, you know, I was running the factory, and, and when we had all these challenges, I was in the middle of reading a book called The Goal. 
by Eli Goldratt. Uh, it's called The Goal, Eli Goldratt. And it's gonna, it might seem unobvious at, at first blush, what would this have to do with network marketing? Uh, because it has to, it's kind of written as a detect, almost like a detective novel, a little bit of a page turner, but it's about uh, manufacturing process. And what I discovered was that the process that, that you go through in, in a factory is not dissimilar from a, the, the process that you go through in network marketing. And that is you've got the starting point and there's all these things that have to happen on the way to, to a finished product. That's true in a factory. That's true in life and true in network marketing. So the goal <clears throat> was what taught me the process, taught me to shut up and stop saying so much and let the tools do the work for me. And it was <clears throat> in understanding that, and I, I really learned that in that process of, a, you know, people are going to go through obstacles and challenges on their way to a finished product. And our business finished product is somebody who comes out the other side as a leader. And so by my, I understand my job. My job is to help get that process started with somebody and help guide them down that, uh, that, that process to becoming a strong leader. So the goal and a follow-up book called It's Not Luck. And MLM Nation, I know you love audio, so if you haven't read it, you can get an amazing free audiobook at MLMNationBook.com. That is MLMNationBook.com. Now, Kevin, here's the last question, the million-dollar question. You ready? I'm ready. Before we go to the million-dollar question, ML Nation, I know you want to grow your business, and I know you want to earn more income. So that's why I want to share with you something that will instantly help your business and increase your income. You already know the importance of sponsoring, and if you can't sponsor, the fact is you simply won't earn any real income in network marketing. Sponsoring is so important, and that's why I'm inviting you to a free training that will change your business forever. I want you to check out my free sponsoring workshop webinar where you're going to learn how to invite more prospects, overcome the objections, and sponsor more distributors. You can register for this free training at www.sponsoringworkshop.com. Again, that's sponsoringworkshop.com. If you like these podcasts, these podcasts for ML Nation and these trainings, you'll find this free webinar even more helpful. This is the train that helped me earn over a million dollars in MLM and giving me the residual income so I can be a stay-at-home dad my kids and also have the time to give back and produce these MLM Nation podcast episodes for you. This is the train, the skills that help me become successful in network marketing, and you're going to learn this at this free sponsoring workshop webinar. So some, here's some of the things you will learn and get. You're going to get the first step you must take before you even talk to your contact list. You're going to discover the three type of prospects and how you must talk to them differently. Because not all prospects are the same. They're different. You also get my proven cold market scripts that will help you convert strangers into prospects. These are the things that help me. I mean, I didn't sponsor 200 people in a year, but I sponsored over 80-something people in one year. How would your business grow if you sponsored 80 people in a year? You also learn how to get prospects to overcome the objections. So listen to your presentations. You know, an MLM objection, how to, you know, I don't have any money. So you're going to discover, you're going to learn all those things. And also, the best part is you get my famous six-figure close. So you can sign up prospects. And this is the same script, why it's a six-figure close. Because I used it to sign up one of my party friends. This guy was a party animal. And I used that six-figure close. And he joined, and now he's a diamond director and earns me a six-figure passive income just from one person. And so you'll get the same six-figure close on this free webinar. 
So anyway, enough of what you learned. What you really need to do now is register right now or write this website down. It's at www.sponsoringworkshop.com. Okay, sponsoringworkshop.com. This free webinar is offered three different days. That's the cool part. This is three different days at four different times. So you can so that anyone around the world, because I know ML Nation, you guys are global, you can listen to it. And even better, if you don't have the patience, you want it immediately, there's an option. If you go to sponsoringworkshop.com, there's an option to watch it now immediately. So you can watch it right now and learn. So start learning the skills to help me build a million-dollar ML business and go to sponsoringworkshop.com. So I look forward to seeing the training. So now you know about something that's going to help you. I have to share that with you. Let's go back to the show and to the million-dollar question. Imagine you had to start all over again and you knew no one. But you had all your current knowledge, skills, and wisdom. So you don't have your contacts. You didn't know your family. You have any you know, friends. Your contact list is zero. What's the first thing you would do to find prospects and build an ML business from scratch? Well, today I would use a combination of, of, of online prospecting and, and offline prospecting. You know, back in 1987, there was there wasn't any internet. We were taught how to recruit in the cold market, and and how to you know how to get pretty successful at it. So talking to people, engaging people, asking for help, um, all great. Now, the online marketer would say, yeah, that's really the slow way. I want to be online and I want to, to, to be able to, to, to do it that way. Great. You know, if you've got the skills for that, I just find that most people, even though they tell me they want to be online, <clears throat> don't have the first clue. And the moment they get one, something's changed. You know, Google's changed their algorithm. Facebook is declining and you know, whatever it may be. So first thing I would do would, would be I would set a plan for doing as much automated online prospecting as I possibly could. But I would I would identify centers of influence in the community where I was. What do I mean by that? Successful business people, uh, people who know people, priests, you know, pastors, uh, gym owners, you name it. So I'd want to go right to the centers of influence and ask them for help, tell them what I'm doing and see if they could lead me to good people. And half the time when you do that, there's a good percentage of those that are going to say, well, I might be interested in this. Tell me more about it. As we wrap up, do you have any last words of advice? And then what's the best ways our listeners can connect and contact you? Well, I've got uh, Kevin at Kevin B. I'm sorry, Kevin B. O'Connor.com. That's without the uh, apostrophe. So Kevin B as in boy. O'Connor.com, uh, great way to do it. And uh, I would say the, the last piece of advice I would give is remember that elevator story. When you're out there talking to people, just think in terms of what are those magic words that, cre- that have made people say, wow, that sounds interesting. Could you tell me more? ML Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And today, you've been hanging out with Kevin O'Connor. So keep up the momentum and go to mlnation.net. Just type in Kevin at the search bar and all the, the great books, the, the system, all the great stuff, that nuggets of wisdom that Kevin talked about, including his, uh, his contact info, his Facebook, his website, will be right there. So go to mlnation.net and put in Kevin and reach out to him. In order to be successful in network marketing, you must help others. So, Kevin, thanks again for sharing your valuable time with ML Nation. We're grateful to you, and we appreciate you for having a positive impact on millions of distributors worldwide. Thanks again, Kevin. God bless you. Thank you, Simon. Hey, ML Nation, quick recap and review. 
with an awesome show with Kevin O'Connor. Definitely reach out to him. Go to mlnation.net and type in Kevin in the search bar, and you can reach out to him. You can connect with him on Facebook and also check out his website. You know, I love talking to these these people who have been over decades of experience, and I'm not I'm not say decades, actually two decades, right? But not to make it sound like he's uh, so old there, but just so much wisdom and just fascinating and really makes me, you know, if anything, makes me even louder and more proud to be in a network marketer. Just watching people share the history, the stories uh, throughout the years. And, you know, Kevin was a network marketer, then he sold his business, got into traditional business, and then realized after that, client canceled on them that hey he was you know really financial mess in bankruptcy and only way to save him a job couldn't do it he didn't have money to start another business with network marketing so super inspiring and shed a lot of big nuggets here number one is keep it simple keep it simple and create curiosity you know that's one of the best lines I, I wrote it down here you know the guy in the elevator he was so excited right? and that's a lesson people are always buying you always have a smile always have energy and he says if I keep doing what I'm doing I can put this bag down forever think about that you can, every one of you can use that line today right just be excited at work excited be focused be positive hey People say, why are you so happy? Or people can ask you, how are you doing? I'm doing awesome. If I keep doing what I'm doing, I can quit my job soon. You know, I'm just telling you, if you say that, how many people will say, what do you do? Start asking you what you do. And second thing is, it's the, the biggest t- takeaway, you know, I feel it's so good. It's about the mindset, mentally tough, and your dream versus your wish. I think most distributors, you have wishes. You don't have dreams. You have wishes and don't have dreams, which is very sad, you know, and because wishes, you know, we always wish for things, but we're conditioned we don't get them, right? And it's not strong enough. Your dream, like Kevin says, got to be worth something you're worth fighting for. Are you willing to fight for your dream? If you say yes, you know, say yes, right? I'm able to ask you right now, you're listening to this, whether you're in a car or at home or working out, is your dream worth fighting for? If it is, say yes. And if it says yes, remember the next time you have some challenge, Next time a prospect says no, next time 20 prospects say no to you, next time a family member makes fun of you, hey, your dream is worth fighting for. You say yes, you're going to continue on. The next time downlines quit, the next time you lose an entire leg, maybe the next time your commission checks stop coming, you're still going to say yes because your dream is worth fighting for. And Kevin, always remember the first presentation he ever went to all those people that were earning more in one month than he did one year. And he real, and that's another big takeaway was he didn't say he needed to be better than them. As long as you could be as as good as them, he could earn that income. So, really good show. Really fired up. Really got me fired up. And the last thing is, you know, keep it simple, simple, simple. Uh, you know, I loved what he said. He was the answer to insomnia. He just talk, 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 talk. Most distributors, remember, the more you talk, the more you lose. Keep it simple. Create curiosity. And if you want to know how to create curiosity, listen to what Kevin shared. Or you can go to my sponsoring workshop. I have a free two-hour we- webinar. It is free, but it is intense. And I'm going to teach you how to um, invite. There's only three type of prospects and scripts and how to invite those two, th- three type of people. Uh, and it is really not for you to talk much, but to use, create simple lines, to create something simple, create curiosity, and follow it with a tool. And I can teach you how to go to, just go to sponsoringworkshop.com to learn more. Okay, sponsoringworkshop.com. I do it a couple of times a week. So, um, really fired up. And, you know, Kevin Conner, just remember it is your dream or wish. Remember that dream or wish. You make sure your dream, hopefully, is a dream. And if it is a dream, 
make sure it's worth fighting for because the tough times will come. And I'm, you know, I always ask distributors, have you ever hated your business? Have you ever wanted to quit? And people say, no, I love my business. Well, I'm telling you, if you never hated your business, you never wish you had quit, you just haven't worked hard enough. You need to work hard enough where sometimes the business is making you miserable and you regret you even did network marketing. But that is the turning point. That's the point. Hey, that's a test of your mental toughness. And if you ever get to that point, you know that if you keep going, you will get there. And that is the dream that's worth fighting for. Anyway, I can go on and on. I'm just fired up. I love this profession. Uh, make sure you leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher. They really help out the show. Second thing is, if you like this, share your downlines, uplines, um, cross lines, share this lesson. You know, share with your team. Is your dream worth fighting for? Because that's what this business is about. This business can allow, it helps help me achieve my dream. It's allowed me to do other things. allowed me to do ML Nation. And I'm sure you have a dream. To, to Not just to make money, but to make an impact in this world. So go out there. And what this profession is, go out there and have a positive impact on someone's life today. God bless you all. And I'll see you on the next show. Take care. Thank you so much for joining us today on MLM Nation. Head over to MLMNation.net for full recaps of every show, our training articles, and helpful resources. Your MLM success is waiting for you. So prepare to take off.